I have no childhood memories of Columbus, a city I left at the age of two. I do remember Iowa City, where I lived between the ages of two and six. Once the capital of Iowa Territory, Iowa City lost out to Des Moines when the territory became a state. By the time the Schlesingers arrived, Iowa City had settled into an agreeable Midwestern university town. It had about the population of Xenia, and it looked rather like Xenia, with its frame houses, green lawns, white picket fences, and drowsy streets shaded by elm and oak. In 1980, when I was doing research at the Herbert Hoover Library nearby in West Branch, I drove over to Iowa City on a mild April evening. Iowa City was half a dozen times larger and far more bustling than the quiet little town I had known sixty years earlier. As I strolled about, my memory was jogged by the gray stone building in the middle of the university campus, a quasi-classical structure of the 1840s with Doric columns by the entrance and Corinthian columns supporting the dome. It had been the capital in Iowa City's days of territorial glory. Subsequently, the university had taken it over. I suddenly remembered how often I had walked by it so many years before, holding tightly to my father's hand. Returning to my rented car, I found myself mysteriously propelled, without asking directions, to 427 South Johnson Street, where we lived in the early 1920s. The rickety house had long since been torn down, and an apartment building now stood in its place. I thought for a moment of our beloved collie, Max, run over by a careless motorist on South Johnson Street, and of his successor, a small brown dog of indeterminate breed named Brownie. I thought of the time I was tangled up in Max's leash, tripped, fell, bit through my tongue, which in those days was generally sticking out of my mouth, bled copiously and was rushed to the hospital where the tongue was efficiently sewn up with, I was told, kangaroo fiber. The university ran an experimental preschool laboratory for the Iowa Child Welfare Research Station under the direction of Bird T. Baldwin. According to a monograph published 70 years later, Hamilton Craven's Before Head Start, The Iowa Station and America's Children, it was the first institute in the world whose sole purpose was to conduct original scientific research on the development of normal children. I survived the experience without undue damage. My parents had no automobile, but friends did. And one day, or do I imagine this, I was being driven along the Mississippi River when, before my dazzled eyes, there suddenly appeared two gleaming white and gold paddle-wheel steamboats, one after the other. Whether this really happened or not, I certainly loved to make drawings of two steamboats in the preschool laboratory. As Henry Adams said, the memory is all that matters. But my vivid memory is not of Iowa City, but of Xenia. No doubt because Xenia was where the Schlesingers came from, and where we continued to go each summer. My grandmother's two sisters lived in Xenia. 
Her brother John, a professional gambler and a friend of Whitelaw Reed, another local boy who became publisher of the New York Tribune, had departed for more exotic places. And so did a dozen cousins of my father's generation and as many of mine. Holidays produced convivial family reunions. The Arthur Schlesingers could not make Xenia for Christmas and New Year's Eve, but our summer visits were generally timed to coincide with the Fourth of July. The great day would begin with a salvo of firecrackers and the bang of torpedoes, small round objects encased in tissue paper with caps that blasted off when thrown down hard on the sidewalk. In those dissolute times, fireworks, except for the most obviously lethal, like four-inch salutes, could be bought anywhere. Today, in my state of New York, lighting a sparkler...